Father, be our God. We are your people, and we ask your blessing as your word comes to us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. It'd help if I hit that button, wouldn't it? We just finished this series entitled The ABCs of FBC Cloudcroft. And, and really what we wanted to do uh, in, in that series was just kind of give you an idea of who we are. We talked about our, our vision statement, that is, uh, who we are, that we're, we're Christ followers, we're committed family, and that we're compassionate friends. And, and then we talked about our mission, that we, uh, we, we seek to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Then our strategy uh, we talked about is invest, invite, do life through Christ. Then finally, we ended with our expectations, uh, and that's the ABCs part. Um, a, that everyone attend at least twice a month. Um, I know that sounds odd. That's, that's like the average for the committed um, church member these days. For the average church, well, I don't even want to tell you that because you guys might want to say, that's what I want to do. The average church attendance is once a month. Isn't that nut? Um, so uh, attend twice a month at least to, uh, to belong to a small group that meets regularly. I'm getting ready to kick off our, our small groups uh, uh, the last Sunday in February, February 23rd. You want to be sure you come to that. And then to commit to serve somewhere uh, on a regular basis. And then we added the S um, in there in the ABCs. Uh, the ABCs, is, the S is shares. That, that is that, that you, you attend uh, one class a year to, to learn how to share your faith. We're actually going to have one of those uh, today at 5. And it's a short three-part series called Prepared. This is, this is a baby step in sharing your faith. So, so don't worry at the end. We're not going to go knocking on doors. Um, we're going to pick one of you and let him preach on the corner. I'm kidding. Um, that this is just really uh, a way to help us kind of prepare um, j- just a brief statement and giving the account for the hope that is within us. So today we're going to start that at 5. Uh, if you missed today, you probably want to wait to jump in on the next one. But uh, Prepared is the name of that series. So, so you attend one of those classes once a month, but or once a year. Wow. I'm adding a lot on you, aren't I? One of those once a year. We're going to have more than one. And then that you you actually go on or you participate in a church-sponsored outreach um, once every other year. That might be here in town. It might be in our state. Uh, it might be um, in, that name always gets away from me, Abu Dhabi. I don't know. That's near Dubai. Have you ever heard of Abu Dhabi? Any Garfield fans? He talked about sending, uh, what was that little puppy off to Abu Dhabi all the time? You guys aren't interested in that at all, are you? Okay, well, that's the ABCs. Well, that was the series that we just finished. Uh, we're going back to, actually, the series that we took a break from in Joshua. Uh, we're in Joshua chapter 12 today, and, and we're, uh, really we're talking about Joshua, that, that what we see in this book is courageous faith. That You remember, uh, Moses uh, led the people out of slavery in Egypt. Um, they got to the promised land. Um, ten of the spies came back and said, we can't do this. Two of the spies said we could, uh, but they, the people chose uh, the ten. So they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, Moses had the little outburst of anger at one point, and God said, you're not going to be able to, to lead the people into the promised land. Just before uh, that, that happened, Moses handed the, the torch off to Joshua. 
and Joshua was the one that God used to lead the people into the promised land. They began to conquer the promised land, and God did some amazing things. We saw that, that even Joshua uh, actually had a, a stumble or two in there. There were some times where he didn't go and consult the Lord. He didn't, he didn't go before the Lord before they attacked. They said, ah, there's not many people. Let's just take a, a, a few of ours, and they were defeated. He learned his lesson, hopefully. And so now we're at Joshua chapter 12. And, and this, is, this is really interesting in here. We, we kind of have a, a little bit of a break. And, and Joshua does something, um, or the Scripture does something here that, that I think is kind of neat, something that we can take a lesson from. And, and uh, what, what is really funny is the last part of the ABC series that we did was looking ahead. So why not start Joshua with looking back? <laughs> and that's what they did. As they come to, to this point now in the life of Israel, they look back. Look at me, if you would, or look at me. That sounds weird. I'm so self-centered. Look with me. You don't have to look at me. Look with me, uh, if you will, Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse 1. He says this, Now these are the kings of the land whom the people of Israel defeated and took possession of their land beyond the Jordan toward sunrise from the valley of Arnon to Mount Hermon with all of Arabah eastward. And then he lists the kings. I'm not going to read all those with you. These were the kings that were defeated under Moses. Uh, any, any rock climbers in here? Any? Okay, we're going to, right after this, let's... Some snow mountain climbers lately. Uh, some of the snow piles got big. Um, sometimes, sometimes you just need to stop and take a look back. And, and that's what they do here. And, and, and now, remember, Joshua is the one that led them into the promised land. But, but, but they pause and they say, let, let, let's, let's go back. Let, let's take a look back. You remember the kings that were defeated? with Moses as our leader, and they, they list them all, all the way down. Then you get to verse 7, and verse 7 and 8 say this, And these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the people of Israel defeated on the west side of the Jordan from Galgad, I'm sorry, from Baal-Gad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak that rises towards Seir. And Joshua gave their land to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their allotments. And the hill country and the lowland and the Arabah, and the slopes, and the wilderness, and then the Negev, the land of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and the Termites. Now, there's one that's really close to that, but that's not in here. And, and so they, they, they take a, a pause. They, they say, Let, let's, let's, let's stop just a moment, and let's take a look back. And, and they recount. And, and if, you, if you don't know this, you, you should. That, that scripture, particularly the Old Testament, was primarily oral. They, they had the scriptures, um, not actually right in, in this time. Moses is, is the one that wrote the first five books, but, but they were oral. Not everybody had their Bible. Um, you didn't hear this in a synagogue ever. Everyone take your scriptures because they didn't have them. They had a copy that was kept in the temple. And, and they would read the copy. So you remember, this is oral. And, and so if you can picture this, they're all gathered around. And, and, and what they're saying is, let, let's take a look back. You, do you remember the, 
the kings that were defeated under Moses. And they began to recount those as they went through. And then they said, you, you remember, uh, this is more recent in their history, do you remember the kings that were defeated under Joshua? And they went back and did that. Hey, have you guys ever done that? Have you ever just, just sat down? You, usually it's with family that you get to sit down. And have you ever just done that, just sat back and reminisced? Has that ever happened with you? Three of you nodded your head. So, so uh, the three of you and I, my, I'm the youngest of four. I have older sisters or did. Two of them have, have passed away. But uh, the youngest, my oldest sister was 11 years older than I. And they used to drive me crazy. We grew up on the same street there in, in Euless and, and the same people around. They say, Larry, do you remember so-and-so? And I say, no, I don't remember them. Oh, sure you do. It was such and such as cousins, brothers, aunt, and then they had a dog. And then the person who petted that dog, their name was, and they would, and they would go on and on. You remember on, and I'm like, I, you know I'm 11 years younger than you, right? I might have been two when, when you're. And, but, but there are some times I, I love getting together. Usually, unfortunately, uh, the only times we get together with big family like that is funerals or, or weddings, and, and you just sit around and you say, you remember the time this happened? You remember when we did this? Well, that's kind of what they did right here. They, they, they took some time to look back, and, and I think we can take a lesson from this because Sometimes we get so busy in life, we, we get about e even doing the, the work that God has called us to do, we, we get so busy about doing the stuff of life in the church, and, and, and occasionally we just need to, to take a moment and, and look back. And, and there's a huge benefit in that, particularly as it relates to rock climbing. The, the benefit of looking back is you get some perspective. Have you ever, you ever just been just so busy in a day that you get to the end of the day and you don't know what you did? Does that ever happen to you? Happens a lot. My wife will say, how was your day? And I said, man, it was busy. What'd you do? I don't know, but I was busy. From the time I walked in to the time I got home. Sometimes you just need to, to, to stay, stop and, and, and look back and, and it gives us some, some perspective. There, there are two things that it really helps us to do. First, it, it helps remind us of the things that God has done. Have you ever done that? There, there's a cute little song that goes with, it, with that. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Sometimes we just need to do that. You ever, you ever found yourself there that you just need to just remember the things that God has done, particularly when things start to get tough or, or you're ready to embark on a new adventure. It, it's important to sit and just look back and say, man, you remember when God did this? How do you remember that time when, 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 when you stayed home with our youngest and we, had, we were more poor than we were before you stayed home and, and we came home and there were some groceries on our, our doorstep? We never did figure out who did that. Do you remember uh, we, we had only this much groceries and, and usually that was enough to feed us for a couple of days and somehow we ate on that for a week and a half? As a church, we, we can look back and say, do you remember when the sanctuary used to face that way? <laughs> and, and the worship team was in that little cave over there. Do you remember how God 
somehow, I still don't know this. I know there are a lot of guys that put in a lot of work. How we, we remodeled this sanctuary in about six weeks, start to finish. Steve and I had hair when we started that. <laughs> but it's important. It reminds us of the things that God has done. Let, let's don't forget how faithful our God is. Let's don't forget how powerful our God is. Let's don't forget that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There is nothing that is beyond God. I love this. We, we do this program called the Gospel Project with our kids. And, and one of the questions, the big questions we had, is there anything that God cannot do? And, and, and I, I love blowing people's minds anyways. It's fun just to mess with them a little bit. My grandma called that ornery. I'm a little bit ornery. And, and is there anything God cannot do? And they say, no. He said, well, actually there is. You see, God can do everything according to his character and his nature. Can God lie? Well, no, because God is truth. Does God, does God break his promises? No, because God is faithful. But sometimes it helps us just to, just to look back, and, and it helps us remember of the things that God has done, and, and, and it encourages us in our faith in him. Because he's faithful and he's loving and he's true and he's kind and he's provider and he never leaves us that that poem footprints it's a little theological problem with it but the idea is this that god he never leaves us whereas god in the tough times he's right there with you sometimes he's carrying you through the tough times i, I can tell you there's some times in my life that they're really fuzzy i don't remember all the details of those times and i think that's just because just because God loved on me and he wrapped his arms around me and he said, you know what, Larry, you don't need to remember everything about this. <laughs> and he just carried me through. That, that's the only way that I can describe it. But, but there's another thing that it does for us is it, it helps us to see how far we've come. Rock climbing. I, I used to, before I ever knew there was a, this place called Cloudcroft. I uh, used to go with some buddies from Fort Worth, and we would go to the Oregon Needles, and we'd go rock climbing. Boy, there was this one time, it was this really long climb. Uh, we, we had about 200 feet of rope, and I think we had to pull that up about three times. So we're talking about a 600-foot climb. That doesn't sound like a whole lot until you turn around and look 600 foot down to the jagged rocks. And you're climbing, and you keep looking, and you're like, man, I've got so, so far to go. We we haven't even gotten anywhere and, and so what we would do oftentimes, it's usually when we're, we're having to pull up the rope for the next leg uh, of the climb, and, and you, you, you buckle yourself in, you know, you snap into the, the protection and so that you can rest a little bit. And, and it was always cool to look down and to see how far you've come. Because you look and you're like, man, we've got so far to go. But you look back and, and, and you see where you've come. Sometimes we just need to do that in our lives. For us, it, it might look like this. I, I met the Lord when I was 15, and that was a couple of years ago. <clears throat> that was in the last millennium. Um, and sometimes it's just really helpful for me to just sit back and to think about my life before Christ. And I know that's painful for some of us, isn't it? The things we did, the way we were. Um, that's a song, by the way. But 
sometimes it's just, and, and what it does for me is, is I think back of my life before Christ. And man, if I shared my, my story with you, you would, you would have to remind yourself that that was before 15, <laughs> the things. Um, I wasn't in a motorcycle gang, probably just because I couldn't ride a motorcycle back then. <laughs> Other than that, I might have been. But I just remember how, how God has changed my life. Uh, our, our hashtag that we had in the last, last series, and I, I just kept it in for this one, is hashtag Jesus changes everything. I, I look back to my life before Christ, and I can't think of a single thing that's the same. Nothing. So sometimes it's beneficial for us to do that. Sometimes we just need to do that as a church, just to, just to look back and, and to see where we've come from, to, to see where God has brought us to. And, and so looking, looking back has some benefits, but you know what? It, it also has some dangers. One of the, the, the dangers of looking back is nostalgia. You ever, I, hopefully I'm not the only one that has this problem, you go to clean out your closet or you go to clean out your shed and you get this box and you're like, what's in this box? And you pull it open. And before long, I realize I've spent two hours going, oh man, I forgot I had this. And I start looking through, oh man. And we, we do this almost every Christmas because we are, all of our ornaments are unique. And most of them our kids made when they were itty bitty. And oh, you remember, oh, look, at, look how small her foot was. Oh my goodness. You remember when she had that little bob haircut, you know, and and but that's why it takes us a while to get the tree up finally to get it decorated and we just get nostalgic we it's just man those there's some good memories in there i i i remember uh my sisters every time i have one that's still alive and we still do this when when i go there and we just kind of get nostalgic we start thinking of the good old days is anybody here old enough to remember the good old days anybody some of you didn't raise your hand, but I know you are. My sisters used to do this. They, they'd Back when we were kids, you, oh, you remember the, the good old days, man, when we didn't have a care in the world. And they, and they start talking about that. And, and you remember, and, and, and I've shared this story maybe with you, that I, one of the fondest memories I have as a kid, my mom would get home from the grocery store and I'd grab a, a bag of Fritos. Those are Frito-Lay corn chips and and grab those, and my buddy and I would go crawl up in the tree, and we had this huge tree in the front yard, and we'd sit on there, and, and we would, we'd sit up in that tree and eat those Fritos until they were gone. And those were the good old days. That was the only, the only care we had in the world. I think back now, and you know what? I think we were poor when I was little. I think, I think the reason that that's so fun is because we only ever got Fritos when Mom went to the grocery store, and that wasn't but once a month. And I think we climbed up in that tree so mom couldn't get them back away from us. <laughs> and, and my sisters will start talking about the good old days. Oh, you remember, you remember. And, and I'm going, you know, I remember a lot of heartache back in the good old days. I remember when dad left early in the morning and he didn't get home till 9 o'clock at night because he worked in a grocery store. I remember all of the, the, the fighting and, and all this stuff that, that happened. And, and, and the good old days, I don't think we're all that good. I, I, I call this the, 
the grass used to be greener syndrome. You ever heard that the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, I think sometimes when we, when we get a little nostalgic and we look back, we think, you know, the grass used to be greener back then. Do you remember that? The grass was greener and, and the sky was bluer. You remember? You remember when everybody recycled and we didn't even know that word yet? And the problem, the problem sometimes with looking back is we start to get really nostalgic and, and everything just seemed to have been better back then. And then that leads us to the next part of that is it, it tends to make us want to go back to the way things were. Have you ever heard someone say this? Maybe you've said this, man, I wished I was 10 again. Yeah, that, that's about the age where I'd climb up in a tree and eat those Fritos until they were gone. I, man, I wished I was 10 again. You know, I don't want to be 10 again. For one thing, I had hair and I had about four cow licks. And they all went different ways. And that was back in the 70s when you were supposed to part your hair in the middle. You remember the days of chips, you know, that, that motorcycle, California Highway Patrol? The other thing about that is if I'm 10 again, that means I got to go through the teenage years again. <laughs> but one of the dangers of looking back is we get all nostalgic about it. And man, those were the good old days. And man, if only we could go back to the way things were. We do that and some of us start singing that song yesterday with the Beatles. Love was such an easy game to play. Or was it Barbara Streisand saying the way we were? And here's the problem with that. We're, we're going to see as we head into chapter 13 uh, next week. The title in my Bible above chapter 13 says this, Land Still to be Conquered. You see, the danger about getting all nostalgic about the way that the things were and the way things used to be and the grass used to be greener syndrome is, is it keeps us from moving ahead. And, and man, I, I just have to tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm not a prophet. Someone said, I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. What that means is don't throw rocks at me if, if I'm wrong. But I really believe in my heart that God has some amazing things for this church in this coming year. And it's good to look back because, because we need to be reminded of the things that God has done. We need to be reminded that He's faithful, that He'll never leave us or forsake us, that He is provider, that He owns everything. He just wants us to be obedient to Him, that, that He will do what He said He's going to do. It's helpful for us to look back as a church to say, man, look, look where God has brought us from. But, but we don't need to get stuck there. We don't need to have the grass used to be greener syndrome because there's still a lot of land to be conquered. And God is going to do some amazing things, I believe, in our lives individually, in our families, and in the life of this church. But it means that we have to start looking ahead and, and listen I know some of you are going to get scared when I say this. But we can't go back to the way things used to be. Some things are going to have to change. Some of you are going, oh no, good grief, we've changed the whole sanctuary. What would we change now? We're looking at a new building. 
We're, we're looking at changing the way that we do some things. I told you that at, at the beginning of the year. That's why we're starting with the discovery classes, discovering church membership, discovering church connection, discovering church ministry, discovering church outreach. Because listen, there's still a lot of land that needs to be conquered. <laughs> and, and it's going to take all of us. Some of you, I know right now you're thinking money. You know, he's going to ask me for money. I'm going to let God do that. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm just talking about we're going to have to start looking ahead. We're going to have to say, God, what is it you have me to do next? God, what, what would you have for me? And, and so today, let me, let, me just, let me just challenge you with, with this invitation to respond. And this could be something very personal with you. This might be a grudge. This might be some bitterness. This might be a thing. It might be a hope or a dream or a want or a desire. But what is it that God would have you leave behind? What is it that God would have you say, okay, I'm going to let go of that? It, it, it's just time to, to leave that behind. I look behind, and I'm just going to leave that there. And then the second part of it is, what would God have you look ahead to? What, what is it that God would be calling you to do in this next year? Um, we, we talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning with the students. By the way, I'm not checking my messages. I forgot to bring my paper notes, so I cheated with the notes online. We talked about this with our students. What makes surrenders to, to God? What makes that so hard? Two things that we talked about. One is our, our level of trust in Him. You ever prayed this, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go, except Abu Dhabi. <laughs> we, want it, we want to add those, don't we? God, God, I'll give up anything you want me to give up except my truck. Our level of trust, that, that's what makes it so hard to say, God, I'll, I'll leave behind whatever you want me to leave behind and I'll go toward whatever you want me to go toward. Can I just remind you that he's faithful? God is trustworthy. God loves you more than you'll ever know. He wants the best for you. God knows exactly what's best for you. We don't know what's best for us sometimes, do we? Um, man, this week I went to a conference, and everything that they put in front of me to eat, I wanted. And I ate. Sometimes we don't know what's best for us. God knows, and that's what he wants for us. And, and he's able to do what's best for us every time. We can take our life and we can hand it to him and we can take our hands off and say, God, it's yours. It's yours. Even that 27-ton log splitter my family got for me oh, that I love, one of the best birthday, Christmas, anniversary, Valentine's, Easter, and Thanksgiving presents I've ever gotten in my whole life. God, it's yours. It's not mine. It's yours. 
two things. One, God, what would you what would you have me leave behind? What would you have me turn loose of? And God, what would you have me go toward? What would you have me do? Let's pray. God, sometimes when we look to the future, it's a little bit scary. Particularly when we think about giving it all to you. Giving our whole future to you, our, our hopes and our dreams, our wants, our desires. But Lord, would you just remind us, each one of us in our hearts this morning, that we can trust you. Even if it means giving up something we don't want to give up. Even if it means going toward something we don't want to go toward. God, we can trust you because you're faithful and you're true, you're loving. You keep your promises. You hold everything in your hand. There's nothing beyond you. So, Lord, this morning, would you give us the courage and the boldness to pray these two prayers? Father, what would you have me leave behind? Maybe it's a grudge. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's resentment. Maybe someone's hurt us. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's that one thing that always when we prayed before, we said, God, I'll give you everything except this. This morning, would you give us the courage and the boldness to pray that prayer? What would you have us leave behind and to mean it and to act on it? And God, would you give us the courage and the boldness to just honestly come before you and say, God, what would you have me go toward? What would you have me do? And, and mean it and be ready to act on it. For some, maybe, maybe we need to go to someone and reconcile. Maybe we need to confess our wrong and ask for forgiveness. For others, maybe we need to forgive where forgiveness hasn't been asked. God, maybe it's a place of service. Maybe it's a place that you're calling us to. Whatever it is, Lord, would you give us the courage and the boldness to not just pray, what would you have me go toward, but, but to mean it and to act on it. And Lord, would you just remind us of your love for us? Would you remind us that you're in control, that you, you have plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. And that, God, if we could just surrender to you, that you could work in amazing ways, not only in our lives personally, but in this church, in this community, in this area, God, that you want to do some amazing things, that there are people who need to know Jesus Christ, and you want to draw them to faith in Christ. And God, for some reason, we'll never understand. You choose to use us to do that. Father, we thank you. We trust you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.